everyone, and welcome to our Play Therapy Podcast, where in here, you can decide. I'm your co-host, Sarah. And I'm Carly. We are counseling interns currently getting our master's in marriage, couple, and family counseling. We're actively being trained on how to conduct play therapy. So, I swear, we kind of actually know what we're talking about. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. (laughs) We wanted to create this podcast to share some of the skills we're learning that we think many people who interact with children can benefit from. Today, we're going to be talking about what play therapy is, how it works, and the benefits of play therapy. Before we get too into it, I want to just state that most of our training has been specifically with child-centered play therapy, so our concepts and skills are based in that theory. If you would like to learn more about child-centered play therapy versus other forms of play therapy, we have linked some resources in our show notes. All right, now let's talk about play therapy. The Association for Play Therapy, APT, defines play therapy as the systematic use of a theoretical model to establish an interpersonal process wherein trained play therapists use the therapeutic powers of play to help clients prevent or resolve psychosocial difficulties and achieve optimal growth and development. Therapeutic power sounds so cool, right? (laughs) It's like a superpower that therapists have. (laughs) Yeah, and I wish you actually did. (laughs) But basically what that really means is that it considers the developmental level of the child and finds appropriate ways that allow children to communicate through play their problems and how to better express themselves. Developmentally, it wouldn't make sense for us to ask children to verbally convey what they're thinking when they barely understand language and grammar but they do know how to play. (laughs) Even with older children and adolescents, we don't typically begin developing the ability to think abstractly until after about age 11, which is the formal operational stage brought to you by Piaget. Ah, classic gene. (laughs) (laughs) If we think about it, how often do you find yourself asking children, why are you hitting that? Why would you say that? Why didn't you do that? Exactly. It's like, We see a kid crying, and the first thing we want to say is, why are you crying? And honestly, there are times that I cry, and I can't even tell you why I'm crying. So how can we expect kids to feel hurt, process it, and accurately explain to us exactly why they're reacting the way that they are? They might actually be feeling disappointed, but there's no way they'd be able to verbalize that when they can't even spell the word disappointed. Literally. Or even just simple like, how was school? To a five-year-old means practically nothing. It takes way too long for them to try to process, conceptualize, and answer a question that their brain is just going to move on. Honestly, like when someone asks me how school is going, I still have to think about my answer for a solid like 45 seconds, and I (laughs) end up just saying, uh, it's fine, (laughs) and I'm a (laughs) grown-up. By constantly pestering them with questions, we're asking children to try to communicate in a way that feels comfortable and natural to us. But guess what? It's not for them. We're forcing them to act more like an adult and less like the child they are. Honestly, like what kind of answer are you expecting them to say back? School was excellent. I learned so many things about numbers and letters. I even learned how to write my name. Obviously not. (laughs) You honestly probably would actually get an, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And then you have to follow up with, well, what did you learn? Did you do anything fun? Did you make any friends? So, basically, more questions. (laughs) Right. One key piece of information with play therapy is that children are not many adults. They're children, and they're still learning so much about themselves and how the world works. Right. So, play therapy, then, is a way that we're able to reach children at their developmental level. Instead of forcing the child into our world, we're coming into theirs. 
Play has been studied since the 18th century, but the first published case using play in therapy was with none other than Sigmund, Sigmund Freud! <laughs> he worked with Little Hans in 1909 to work through Little Hans' phobia of horses. However, much of it was based on psychoanalysis. Much of the therapy that we're going to be focusing on is based on Carl Rogers and Virginia Axline's non-directive, child-centered play therapy. Play is such an important aspect in a child's life that even the UN has said that play is a universal right as a child. So what are some of the benefits of play? Well, through play, children learn many things like self-control and social skills when they have to share with others. When they're figuring out how to open that box of crayons, they're learning how to problem solve. And they learn mastery over challenges when they're repeatedly sacking the blocks just right or with the right supportive figures in their life, they learn to express themselves and that their feelings are acceptable. As they're able to play in the way that they want, they learn a sense of control over their environment and decision-making skills. Or when they try something new while playing and it works, they learn to trust in themselves. And that's just to name a few. That's literally so many things. And I feel like I still need to work on all those things. Like, self-control is probably not great for me. <laughs> right. And on there's so many things that we still need to learn. And children learn these skills when they're allowed to play in their daily life which sometimes kids don't have that luxury. Sometimes kids need a little help. So research has shown that play therapy can improve children's emotional and behavioral functioning, enhance their social skills and self-esteem, and reduce symptoms of anxiety and depression. It can also improve family relationships and communication. Okay, I know, it all sounds so clinical right now, <laughs> but play therapists can help to foster these skills outside of therapy too. These skills can be used at home with our families as well, some of which we hope to dive more into in the following episodes. All of these skills are so integral for children in their development. What might play therapy look like in practice? <sighs> okay, so let's imagine the story of this kid that I've been working with. Trigger warning, this is going to be a little bit graphic. Okay. <laughs> okay, so there's this family and they're on their way to get some Popeyes. In the car is the mom and the dad in the front seat and the two younger children in the back seat. One is 15 and the other one is just a toddler. They're just driving down the street, enjoying their nice family outing, trying to get some dinner. They were you know, really craving that crispy fried chicken. Yes. So they were like, I'm going to get some Popeyes. Yes, we are. They made like a whole thing out of it. They stopped for Starbucks on the way. They're like doing their thing. And then... Out of nowhere, a truck comes hurling through a red light at an intersection and T-bones the family on the driver's side. Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> the parents are injured and the car is just like covered with blood. The older child, who had been sitting on the driver's side in the back seat, had tried to protect their younger sibling oh. and like jumped in front of their car seat and took the brunt of the impact and mostly to their head. This kid suffered over five broken bones, including a cracked skull. But thankfully, no one had any fatal injuries. But that's so dramatic, right? Yeah, I mean, that's so much to go through at such a young age. I feel like even just, like, the long hospital stays can have such a big impact and take so much time to process. Like, suddenly you have all these big, scary adults that are bombarding you with questions about everything that happened. And honestly, all you want to do is probably just chill and heal. Right. So our immediate thought, I mean, especially as <laughs> counselors, is that they need to get some therapy. Therapy. <laughs> <laughs> therapy is the answer to everything. Yes. Um, 
But yeah, they definitely need some therapy to work through their PTSD that they're probably experiencing right now from this awful accident. Side note, did you know that the majority of cases of PTSD in America are due to car accidents? Really? So car accidents are just that prevalent, huh? Because I feel like even in the minor incident accidents that I've been in, I remember feeling shaken up and tense for a while afterwards. Right, yeah. I've been in a few car accidents myself, especially when I was younger. Um, And I remember this one when I was like eight years old and it Mm. was pretty bad. And after that, I didn't want to drive like myself. So I didn't get my driver's license until I was maybe 22. I just was so scared of driving. Trauma. Trauma. (laughs) So, right. Car accidents are pretty traumatic and carry a lasting effect, not just physically, to those that have experienced it. Anyways, we would recommend therapy for the adults and especially the older child that was involved in the crash. But what about the toddler? Clearly, the toddler cannot do talk therapy, nor should they. That's not their language or the way they would process their emotions. That's where play therapy comes in. Some people may actually be thinking that, oh, the child is so young, they didn't even know. It's not going to stick with them. Right. That's such a narrative that's, like, thrown around a lot. (laughs) Right. And it's, like, just as harmful as that thought that babies don't feel pain. Right. (laughs) But they do. Babies feel pain. Yeah, just because they can't say it doesn't mean they're not experiencing it. Right. And just because they can do talk therapy doesn't mean that they don't need therapy for their trauma, too. Right. So they may be too young to express their feelings in words, but they can express them through play. Let's say the parents bring the toddler to play therapy. The therapist might provide toys such as cars, dolls, or blocks, and watch as the child chooses which toys to play with and how they play with them. For example, the child might reenact the car accident with the toy cars. They might play as a fire truck or an ambulance coming to save the day. They may pretend to do medical procedures on a doll. Yeah, the play therapy rooms allows a safe space for them to convey these vulnerabilities without having to use words. Play therapists utilize certain skills like reflecting feeling to help the child name and identify the different emotions that might be coming up for them. For example, you're feeling sad, or you're feeling angry, or you're feeling scared. This helps the child connect what's happening in the real world to how they're feeling internally. It may also help the child feel heard and validated, which can help them feel more secure and less anxious. We'll discuss this concept more in a future episode. <laughs> this allows them to process the situation one step removed and, take t- and to take breaks as needed. We can also spend time in play therapy to simulate potential alternatives, which allows the child to take control of a seemingly uncontrollable situation and feel more secure about their precipitating event. In addition, to help the child process their emotions, play therapy can also help the child develop coping skills and resilience. Through play, the child can practice problem-solving, emotional regulation, and social skills, which can help them navigate difficult situations in the future. Children typically receive play therapy in response to trauma, but play therapy can also benefit children who are experiencing a range of emotional and behavioral difficulties, such as anxiety, depression, and ADHD. It can also be helpful for children with developmental delays, autism, or other special needs. Specifically for child-centered play therapy, it is recommended for children ages 3 to 10. Right. So again, this is legit therapy. As you can tell, children can work through some intense experiences in the playroom. Play therapists typically have a graduate degree in counseling, psychology, or social work, and receive additional training in play therapy techniques. They may also pursue certification from professional organizations, such as the Association for Play Therapy, which we mentioned earlier, 
Additionally, the therapist must complete 2,000 hours of supervised clinical hours to become a registered play therapist. Now for the actual sessions, they typically last about 30 to 50 minutes and take place in a playroom with age-appropriate toys and materials. The therapist may observe the child's play and provide guidance and support as needed. During a play therapy session, the therapist will observe the child's play and look for themes and patterns that may indicate underlying emotional or behavioral issues. The therapist may also engage in play with the child in order to build a sense of rapport and trust. The therapist may also meet with the parents or caregivers to discuss the child's progress and provide support and resources. And with the rise of telehealth lately, play therapy has also been adapted for online sessions. While it may look a little bit different than in-person play therapy, it can still be effective in helping children process their emotions and experiences. That's such a great point and something that I think is really important that everyone knows because if you're living in a rural area or someplace that doesn't have as many resources, Mm -hmm. you may not have a play therapist close to you in your region, but you can find one that's in your state that does it virtually and still offer that support to your child. We should also mention that play therapy is not a one-size-fits-all approach. Each child is unique and requires individualized care. The play therapist will work with the child and their family to create goals and treatment plan that is tailored to their specific needs. Man, these brand new crayons make me feel like I have to color inside the lines. They make me feel like I have no creative freedom. They make me feel anxious. Broken crayons! Look, I can roll them around. I can push them as hard as I want, and I can break them in half. My mom would usually tell me that this crayon is red, but I'm gonna say that this is purple because my play therapist told me that in here, I can decide. As our special playtime is ending, I also would just like to emphasize that play therapy can provide a safe and supportive environment for children to express themselves and develop coping skills and move towards healing and growth. It can be helpful for any child who is struggling with emotional or behavioral difficulties or even just going through a tough time. Sometimes children just need a safe space to process their emotions and experiences and play therapy can provide that. If you think your child could benefit from play therapy, I encourage you to seek out a certified play therapist in your area. You can find them by searching on Psychology Today or asking your pediatrician for recommendations. You can also tune in to our next three episodes where we'll go more into how play differs from play therapy, skills we can all practice, and not just with children, like reflecting feelings, which we talked about before, mm-hmm. returning responsibility, and limit setting. Thank you all so much for listening, and in here, you can decide to like and subscribe. <laughs>